Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Joined for our weekly Zeiss is Right video by Paul Zeiss of the Post-Gazette. Talking Mike Tomlin, the rumors reports by Adam Schefter that he may consider leaving the Steelers, taking some time off before beginning a new project, digging into that into some detail, also talking a little bit about Kenny Pickett remaining number one on the depth chart at quarterback for the Steelers, um, you know, despite the fact he's not playing. is, is Does that does that make sense? Is that legit? We're going to dig into <laughs> all of that, Paul. Look, we got a lot to talk about today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I am. I just can't. I just came from the chiropractor, so I'm doing better than I was, you know, before I sat down. Exactly. The sports talk is always soothing to the soul and the back, hopefully. So, um, Paul, let's let's dig into this this Mike Tomlin stuff. As I mentioned, Adam Schefter said uh, he wouldn't be surprised if if Mike Tomlin decided to take some time off. Obviously, he has one more year left on his contract, and then he would be basically the coaching coaching equivalent of a free agent going into 2025. What is your read on on you know what Adam Schefter saying um, and and the fact that you know other people have thrown cold water on it, including Cam Hayward in the past twenty four hours? Um, just what's your read on those rumors first before we dig into you know what they might mean for the Steelers? Um, I have a hard time. I have a hard time believing that Mike Tomlin's going to walk away. I just do. I I, I here's the thing. Jake Glazer said something similar, right? That this is something that's on his. Radar and, and he's pretty tight with Mike Tomlin. So it lends me to believe there might be a little bit of something to this, but I don't know how much because I, I think that uh, Mike Tomlin is a guy who loves to coach football. And uh, while it seems like to all of us on the outside that there's all this noise swirling around him and that, uh, you know, he wants to get out of the, the uh, uh, fishbowl, so to speak, I mean, he's a very much a singularly focused guy who doesn't really respond too much, nor does he feel or care about the noise. And I hate to say it like that because I know there are a lot of people that don't believe that, but it's true. He's a guy that really is 100% all in just sort of trying to coach his football team. So I'd be very surprised if he decided he was going to step away. Um, You know, I don't know what other things that he would like to do. I know that he's probably not a guy that wants to be a TV guy. He might do it just for a couple of years to, you know, to make money because it's easy money for these guys. But I don't, I think it's probably one of these things where some guys are sort of just sort of trying to speculate based on maybe a couple of things heard here and there. 
But I, I will be very shocked if at the end of this year Mike Tomlin is walking away from the Steelers. Do you think it's? Do you think this is some something of a leverage play here, Paul? Of of you know the, the extension talks are coming up. Regardless, I think we both think an extension would happen if that's what he wants. But but maybe he wants a little bit more out of it. Maybe he wants a little bit more control. Um, you know, who knows what he wants? Do you think that this is this is a gambit toward like, listen, I can walk away. I, I'm fine with walking away if you don't kind of meet my demands from um, you know an ownership perspective, especially because. He's had so much scrutiny on him, and, and there has been so much attention paid for so much of the season until this last three-game flourish. Um, you know, is it possible he's just he's just trying to stick up for the results that that he feels pretty strongly about uh, that he's produced? Uh, I would say no, because I I don't I just I mean I don't feel like he needs to do that, and I don't think he thinks he needs to do that. Um, the Rooney's have been very supportive of him. The Rooney's have made it pretty clear, I think, that the, you know they're going to support him, and 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 I feel like you know if he if there's something that he wants, I, I guess it's a leverage ploy, but I don't know that there's much that he really needs or that he really wants that he hasn't gotten other than a contract extension. Just you know, I think by all the reports, it sounds like that's going to happen if he wants it. So um, that's why I have a whole time, you know, just saying yes, this is a a, a ploy for him. Um, I think one of those things where maybe for the first time, some of the guys around him have heard him talk about the fact that maybe the end is near at some point, right? Like for 10 or 15 years, it's always been a win, you know, and now it's been like, well, maybe I'll just kind of take this thing year by year to see, you know, at the end of the season where I'm at and what I'm doing. The flip side is I have heard from other people that, you know, uh, have uh, been around Mike Tomlin or know Mike Tomlin that, yeah, his daughter, I guess, is like a really good gymnast or something, and and uh, he would like to maybe take some a couple of years off and just sort of follow her career, sort of watch the way she uh, – where is she at, Georgia or somewhere like that? Where is she play? Where is she a gymnast at? Is it Georgia or LSU or wherever she's at? I have heard that that's one of the things that he's talked about is just wanting more of them to sort of go watch his, you know, his daughter uh, you know, do gymnastics and – be able to, to, to have a little more of a life for, for a couple of years because it is such a, a grind coaching. 17 years is a long time. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that we have probably this point heard a little bit more, I don't want to say noise, but there's been a little bit more that, hey, Mike Tomlin isn't going to do this forever. Because I can tell you five years ago, I mean, I, I would have told you that Mike Tomlin's going to coach till he's 70. And, and, he, and not even going to think about it. He's going to be the Steelers coach till he's 70. Um, you know, the last couple of years, I've heard some rumblings about some things. So it wouldn't shock me if he's done in the next few years. It would absolutely stun me if he's done this year, especially if they don't. I think he would like to win one more Super Bowl. You know, I think he would like to maybe take one more really good shot at winning a Super Bowl before he walks away from the Steelers. Yeah, is is the more unbelievable part of the report to you, Paul, that, that he would want to go to another team. Cause to me, I could imagine him going the, the, the Bill Cower route and saying, I'm, listen, I'm going to take some indefinite time off. I'm, I'm not going to put a timetable on it. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe I'll just be happy in a TV studio studio for the next, you know, 15 years at this point. Um, to me, that seems much more believable than the notion that cause Schefter put the two names he put out there were the, the, the commanders and the and the Chargers. Why in why in the world would Mike Tomlin want to get involved with those outfits? Right. I mean, that's the thing. He's got maybe the best organization in the league behind him. He works for the best organization in football. 
He works for an organization that values stability, that values, you know, collective um, community decisions in terms of the general manager, the coach, and the owner. He's not working for some whack job. He's not going to go work for Carolina where the, where the owner is a wacko, uh, where it's pretty clear he's not going to go work for the Chargers where, you know, Spanos is considered a little bit of a nightmare to work for as well. I don't see it. I think he knows he's got the best organization to work for or one of the best organizations to work for. And I think that that, that is something that he's smart enough to know if he goes somewhere else. He's probably going to have it as good as he has here. So um, I, I would be shocked if that's the thought process. If the thought process is I would like to take a few years off, sort of recharge my batteries, spend a little bit of time going to travel and watch my daughter, you know, maybe do a little TV to, you know, make, you know, pass some time. If that's the thought process, I might be able to buy that. But I would have a hard time believing that his process is, well, I want to, you know, get out of the, pressure cooker that is here in Pittsburgh and, you know, then going to go somewhere else where I, 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 I'm going to be working for somebody who's not as good of an owner as the Rooney are. So um, if he decides that he's going to walk away, I, I believe that he could become that guy like Bill Cower that walks away at a reasonably young age. And, Every year for about the first four, five, six, seven years after he's done, he's rumored to be taking a job and just never does. Kind of the the John Gruden route as well. Um, right. You know, I think of different circumstances with with Cowher and Gruden, but but they were in that same vein of you know they they could demand whatever they wanted from a team, and then it, Gruden ended up getting what a hundred million for ten years, and he lasted a year and a half, I think. Right, um, until he got fired or whatever for whatever the, the stuff that came out with the, the commanders. Right, right. So, um, you know, I, I think that's what I can imagine a lot more than him wanting to just come back for the first team that offers him a job. Um, when I ask you about Ron Cook's column where he said this could be the, the best out for the Steelers rather than having to fire Mike Tomlin, having to, you know, deal with, with you know, having to have their, you know, his blood on their hands and, and – this would be a chance for them to maybe, uh, you know, change gears, freshen things up. Um, if you're the Steelers, do you? Is there any part of you that hopes that maybe he does walk away and that, that you get a chance to refresh, or do you look at what he's done in these last three games and say this is our guy? He has been our guy, and, and nothing's really changed in, in that respect. Um, he, he's getting the results that we need for right now. Well, I mean, I think if you look at it from the Steelers' perspective, um. You know, that never having a losing season thing seems to really be a big, important thing for them, right? Because if they, if you never have a losing season, did I see this correctly that in Mike Tomlin's 17 years, he's coached a total of one game that was not meaningful? In other words, yeah. every, he's, every game that he's coached has had something to do with continuing to keep their playoff hopes alive. So he's coached one game where, you know, if you're the Steelers, if you're the Steelers brass, unfortunately, that's probably good enough. You know what I mean? That's probably all they're looking for. Um, so, you know, they're happy for that, and I'm sure they're happy to keep him around, and I bet you he'll get an extension if he decides he wants to stay around, regardless if they win or lose in Buffalo on Sunday. I think that the Steelers, uh, to me, at some point, I would want something more. I would want something a little bit more. I would say, listen, we've gone seven years without winning a playoff game if they lose on Sunday. 
Now, if they win on Sunday, it's different. But I'm saying, let's say they lose on Sunday. At that point, I would say I want something a little bit more. I, I don't know about you, but I believe that we, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm thinking I'm the Steeler organization, we believe that we, we're supposed to win at least one playoff game in seven years, and we haven't. So the regular season stuff is nice, but at the end of the day, you know, it's about winning in the playoffs, and so we need to maybe find someone who's going to take us now again to the next level. I mean, you've obviously done a great job, uh, but I don't think that's how the Steelers think. I think the Steelers would be happy if Mike Tomlin stayed and they went 9-8 and eight or 10-7 and seven every year for the next, you know, 15 years <laughs> and flamed out in the playoffs before the AFC Championship game every year, I think they'd still be – they'd be okay with it. Well, and I think, Paul, I, I, I think I've said a few times on the show, I, I don't know that that's even the choice. I think he's kind of been presented with a situation where um, I think he's gotten close to the most out of these teams the last handful of years during this quarterback transition, winding down Ben Roethlisberger, starting whatever is next, whether it's Kenny Pickett or, or someone else. Um, I think they probably could have gotten a little more out of this team this year, knowing that they lost to Arizona and New England. But um, you know, generally, I don't know how much more people really wanted out of some of these teams. I don't know that the 2019 team, for example, ever had a chance to win a playoff game because of circumstances far beyond his control. So it's hard for me to hold that against him. It's hard for me to hold, um, you know, when Ben Roethlisberger's arm was done in 2021. But again, we always talk about playoffs or where you, you know, that's how we judge these teams. Postseason, playoffs, whatever. And I, to me, I, I feel like, yeah, you're right. Okay, so we can pick up this year or that year or this year. But at the end of the day, if he doesn't win a playoff game this year, that'll be 13 out of 17 seasons. He did not win a playoff game. Well, and I, 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 yeah, I think this- it's beginning this year, Paul, I think that's where you say, like, you've got everything you, you should need, or, or at least you have. We got you to the quarterback. We've got a, a defense that's paid a gajillion dollars. We got you some pl- young playmakers. I think this is the year that I began having expectations for them. But I, I, I bet you that they would not be content to have seasons like this for the next five years. I think that they have the same mentality of, well, you know, we kept stayed with you through that transition from the Killer Bees era, but now you do have to do something, um, you know, to, to kind of be the long-term guy again. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I, again, I, we can agree to disagree on that. I really believe that if this guy, if he goes 9-8, and 10-7 and seven for the rest of the next six, seven years, they might make him change a coordinator here and there. They might make him, you know, do these cosmetic things that they've had him do over the last five, four or five years from time to time. I think they're perfectly fine and perfectly – I just believe that. I, I think that, you know, with them, they're in it every year. They're competitive. 
They're going to win every single, you know, they're going to win more than they're going to lose. They're going to be in the playoff hunt. They're going to sell all their tickets. That to them, that's good enough. I don't believe, I don't believe that the current Rooney is who, you know, I guess it's Art the second. I don't believe that winning a Super Bowl is his highest priority. I don't. I think that, you know, I think that at the end of the day, I think he looks at this organization and says, we're efficient at what we do. We make money. We win. You know, we're not like the Pirates who just lose all the time. We win uh, a lot more than we lose. We're, we're in the playoff hunt. Anything can happen if you get to the playoffs. I really believe that's the mentality. Now, I could be proven wrong. You know, maybe they sign him to an extension and he doesn't win a playoff game for the next three years. Uh, you know, maybe it's a different, but then at that point, you're talking about being him being here 20 years, you know? So uh, I, I, I'm not saying they need to make a move and fire him and all that other stuff. What I'm saying is I really don't necessarily believe that winning a Super Bowl is the highest priority for the Roonies, right? I don't, I, I really believe that when it comes to uh, what they see on the field, they're happy with a team that is always in the playoff hunt. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think there's there's something to that, Paul, in, in that um, you know, Art Rooney does seem to operate uh, operate that way. That that being consistently excellent might occasionally be good enough to run into a Super Bowl. And I talked on uh, Wednesday on the North Shore Drive with Justin King about, hey, are there any hallmarks of that that 2005 team? We 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 remember they they were injured and they got their guys healthy to go into the playoffs on that defense and and then went on a run. Maybe maybe that's the theory is is that that's the template more so than maybe 2008 or 2010, um, those those subsequent Super Bowl victories. Paul, I want to get into the Kenny Pickett talk because I think that's a pretty juicy topic. Before we do, just want to thank our primary sponsor for this episode and every episode of the uh, Zeiss is Right show here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel. Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560. To discuss your project further, that's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Paul, um, the Steelers kept Kenny Pickett as their number one quarterback on the depth chart officially, despite going to Mason Rudolph. Um, I think everyone in town knows Mason Rudolph is the guy for as long as he's winning in the playoffs, but, but the Steelers are still trying to maintain this facade, which I find interesting in the context of the reporting last week that um, you know, Kenny Pickett refused to be the number two. I think regardless of, of whether you believe that report or not, because I think, you know, it's fair for, for people on both sides to have their opinions on the veracity of it. Um, I don't think it's a good look that, that the Steelers feel compelled to leave this guy at number one in the depth chart when he very clearly is not. Um, do you feel like they're babying him at all? And, and is that warranted given his results? Well, I would say this, okay, and I think this is the most important thing when it comes to this discussion. Um, and I've said it from day one. They're going to ride the hot hand this year. And anything short of winning, I think they'd have to win. I think they'd have to get to the AFC Championship game and lose in a shootout where Mason Rudolph, you know, was really good. Uh, that would probably be the minimum for them to bring back. I've said that from day one, and I think that as it go, we go through this, it's very clear Mike Tomlin is not sold on Mason Rudolph. You know, he's riding the hot hand right now, but he believes Kenny's his guy. 
He believes Kenny is the guy for next year. And people say, well, you know, you, you're acting like some team's going to come and give Mason Rudolph so this, big, uh, this big contract. No, no. I really believe that the Steelers will sit down in the offseason and Mike Tomlin will say, I do not want to deal with Mason versus Kenny Pickett all offseason. I don't want to deal with it. I don't believe Mason Rudolph is the guy to get us to where we want to go. He did a nice job for a couple of games at the end of the year, but at the end of the day, I don't want to have to deal with every single day who is the guy, Kenny or Mason. So I really believe that absent of Mason Rudolph doing something really spectacular in this next postseason, part of this, you know, part of it, I don't believe that Mason Rudolph is going to be back. And the thing is, everything we've seen to this point from Mike Tomlin, like this nonsense with with the uh, depth chart, right? Like uh, like the, the fact that what has Mike? Have you ever heard Tomlin say, "Boy, Mason Rudolph has played really well for us. He's done a really good job. I, you know, I I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm happy with what he's done for us. Uh, he's, you know, he's been a lot better than we could have expected." Have you ever heard him say that? I mean, he has a hard time. It's almost like asking him, you know, it's almost like telling him he's got to go get a colonoscopy or something, right? When he has to talk about Mason Rudolph. He's so reluctant to say nice things about Mason Rudolph. Part of it is what you what was the term you said, coddled or babied or something Baby. like that? But at the end of the day, part of it is that. It's not, it's, it's, it's just this idea of, uh, you know, we want to make sure we don't, um, you know, upset uh, Pickett's psyche, you know, by making it seem like we've moved on from him because I think Mike Tomlin believes, and maybe the organization still believes, that he is a guy who is going to be their future. He's going to be their quarterback next year. You know, I mean, Adam, we'll be sitting here doing this video in September. At the beginning of September, Talking about we're going into the season with Kenny Pickett as a starting quarterback. I really believe that. So, you know, now this thing with the depth chart is silly, but it's Mike Tomlin's way of saying, well, we don't care what they That's just for you guys. Our media relations guy sends that out. We don't care about that. That's all that is. That's basically like one more way to be condescending, right, and, and, and looking down his nose and basically uh, – letting us all know in the media how little he cares what we think. Uh, but part of it, like you said, babying, I don't know if it's babying, but it's this whole thing with the, well, we want to make sure we make it very clear who our guy going forward is. Yeah, but if Kenny Pickett can't handle that at this state, like, sorry, <laughs> he can't handle being put number two on the depth chart behind the guy who's clearly the number one. I mean, what does that say about him as being the guy? Because it, it certainly raises some doubts. And like I said, I'm not going to believe what was reported as gospel per se. I'm just saying if you are the type of guy at quarterback who cares whether you're number one on the depth chart when you're clearly not number one on the depth chart, maybe your priorities are messed up. And and listen, it's not as if he's got played like six games, Paul. He's played almost, you know, two dozen NFL games. And 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 if he can't handle that, like I, I just think it's infantilizing. And if I were Kenny Pickett, I'd be I'd be more mad at being listed number one than number two. Well, I think that's the thing is I, I don't know that I don't know that it's necessarily Kenny asking for that. I mean, I really believe it's Mike Tomlin basically just doing this and you know, like this to all of us in the media. 
I think that's what that is. I think it's just more of Mike Tomlin basically letting us all know that he doesn't care what we think, right? And he's going to do what he's going to do. I think that's what it is. Um, wanted to get your thoughts real quickly on Jerry saying that he thinks Mason Ru- there's a good chance Mason Rudolph comes back next season. Uh, Jerry Dulock, our Post-Gazette Steelers insider. Um, that's his read. Um, I think you just you know articulated at length why, why you don't think Mike Tomlin wanted to do that. But um, you know, what, what's your what's your sense that do you think that they they're just going to be happy if he, he wins playoff games and that there's still a burden of proof out there? Because Jerry said, you know, he'd be very happy. He think it'd be very likely if Mason Rudolph had not been treated this way the last few years. And I think there's the flip side here of man, I did everything I could to get this team into the playoffs. I'm still listed number two on the depth chart. Um, right. It can just kind of adds to that. Um, what's your read on, on Jerry's suggestion there that he thinks it's, it's more likely? It's more likely that he will be back? Yes. Uh, I, I Again, I mean, Jerry's closer to it than me, but Adam, you just said something there that's so um, insightful. Okay. You're Mason Rudolph. You just basically saved the season. I don't care what anyone says about, you know, oh, well, bad defense they played, this and that. You're being disingenuous, okay? This offense played against a lot of bad defenses and didn't put 30 points on the, on the board. This offense did a lot of things against bad defenses the last, you know, that they haven't, that they didn't do the last two or three weeks, right? He's done what he had to do. He went 3-0. and and save this team the embarrassment of missing the playoffs after being uh, what was seven and four and going into two games against two and ten teams at home, right? And we're all going, okay, they're going to be nine and four, which means they only need to win one more game at the end of the year to, to get to the playoffs. Then all of a sudden they're seven six. He saved the season, and here he's got people. You know, he's got a you know they're still sitting him as number two. His own head coach won't say, you know, nice things about him or won't say complimentary things about him. Listen, if he can't read the writing on the wall, I don't know what to tell him. I I can't imagine why he would want to come back. Absent of him winning two or three playoff games and really proving to, you know, everybody, including the head coach, hey, I'm the guy. I, I don't know why he would want to come back here. Because it's very, very clear. Unless, Adam, I'm reading too much into something. It's very, very, very clear that Kenny Pickett is going to be the starter for this team week one next year if he's healthy. I don't think there's any question. I don't care what they do in the offseason. I don't care if they draft Michael Penix or whoever the hell the flavor of the month is in the draft. I don't care if they go sign Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz or whoever the hell's out there. I don't care. If Kenny Pickett is healthy, I think it is very, very clear. Kenny Pickett will be the starter week one. So if you're Mason Rudolph, what does that tell you? You're just like, well, I outplayed this guy. You know, regardless of what you want to say, I outplayed this guy when the bullets were flying in the games. And I still am not going to have an opportunity to be the starter. Why would you want to come back? That's my question. People say, oh, well, nobody's going nobody's to give him $10 million a year. Well, the Steelers aren't going to give him $10 million a year. But you mean to tell me he couldn't go out and get maybe like six or seven million dollars a year somewhere else, a quarterback? Um, I, I have a hard time believing that he wouldn't be able to get at least six or seven million bucks, which is probably more than the Steelers would want to pay him anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on on the attitudes and, and the way things are coming out, Paul. 
Um, last thing on the Steelers, Jerry also said in his chat today he thought uh, that this was a good audition for, for Mike Sullivan as offensive coordinator. Um, what's your level of interest in, in that being the succession plan to Matt Canada is going from one guy who was on the offensive staff with him, you know, to, to another, um, you know, to me, I, I think it'd make a lot of people upset, even with the results they've gotten, because I think there's a lot of, there's a hunger for a, a young guy with connections to, you know, a good coaching tree, good offensive, uh, production coaching tree, like Kyle Shanahan, something like that. Mike McDaniel, some of the guys you and I talked about does, does, uh, let me just ask the question this way. Does Mike Sullivan belong on the list of people being considered regardless of whether you or I might think he's he's the right guy for the job itself? Does he belong on the list? Yeah, I'll put him on the list. But I have zero interest in him getting a job. I have zero interest in Eddie Faulkner getting the job. I have zero interest in this the, the, the offensive staff remaining intact if that's the question i would like them to bring in someone that's younger that's got a, a, a different kind of offensive mind i'd like them to bring in a quarterback guy uh, who is going to work with the quarterbacks uh, beyond the g offensive coordinator i'd like to see them even bring back bring in a, maybe an, a different offensive line coach i would like to see them actually bring in some guys who are from a different staff with a different idea with a different look with a different offense all together that's what I would like to see. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't be surprised if Mike Sullivan is the guy. Or that this, oh, well, you know, look what we did down the stretch, yada, 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 yada. Again, I, I, I think that's the way the Steelers do business. That's why I have to see it change before I believe it's going to change. Just like the whole thing with Mike Tomlin. I have to see it change before I believe it's going to change. Period. So, you know, I have no interest in it. Mike Sullivan. Or, I mean, he seems like a nice enough guy. But to me, they need to go in a different direction. They really do. Because, uh, you know, it, it, you're, you're basically just asking for more of the same of what you've gotten. And so I, I know that, you know, the last few weeks it's been really good. I just think that, you know what, that a lot of that has to do with Mason Rudolph playing really well and, and also th th them running the ball well. Paul, I want to get into a potpourri of um, other topics uh, with the Steelers, or excuse me, with Pitt, with Penn State, with uh, Michigan winning the national championship. Um, just do some rapid fire here at the end of the show. Before we do, just want to thank a couple more sponsors. First of all, G Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com. For a free consultation, also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Um, Paul, any reaction to uh, Michigan winning the national title the other night? Um. I, I would say this. It's it's yet another example of the NCAA just sort of being a farce and a farcical uh, organization. And here's why. This is a team whose coach was suspended not once but twice for breaking rules. The team that this year is in the midst of an ongoing investigation by the NCAA. The coach was actually 
suspended for three games. They dropped the lawsuit that they had against the NCA because I, I'm assuming the NCA said basically, and the Big Ten both basically said, here's all the evidence we have. So my point is, Michigan was a really good team. Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. Uh, they, they were a very well-coached team. You know, they, they, they were, in terms of playing the game of football, one of the, one of the best coach teams I've seen in a long, long time. Very disciplined, right? They were they were great uh, along both lines of scrimmage, but I have a hard time. I have a hard time really getting like uh, giving them all that all the props because in my mind they should have been ineligible for the for the postseason. They should have been ineligible for the playoffs because at the end of the day you have an open investigation that is involving you know cheating. You have an allegations that were serious enough and there was enough fire with the smoke that you were able to suspend the coach for three days. You know, how many, what was it, three or four coaches got fired on that staff or whatever it was for this stuff. To me, you know what? I feel like it's one of those things where the NCAA is, gets what it's, 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 it's no different than Kansas, you know, Arizona, Auburn, all these schools that had you know, they, they, they were knee-deep and caught red-handed in the FBI Adidas, you know, thing in the on the basketball side. And, all you know, they all got slaps on the rim. We had assistant coaches going to jail, going to jail, for God's sakes. And we had schools that didn't even beat. Uh, and one of them, Kansas, actually went, won a national title, didn't they, within the last three or four years? I mean, it's a joke. So my point is this. I don't ever want to hear the NCA ever, ever, ever again tell me that they care about rules. They care about, you know, what the integrity of the game and all the other stuff. Because this Michigan title, regardless of what you think about it, and here's the thing, I happen to believe the fact that they beat Penn State, beat Ohio State, won the Big Ten title game, and won the two playoff games after the scandal, which would suggest that they weren't, you know, cheating in those games. That suggests that they actually legitimately were as good as we think they were. But it still doesn't change the fact that they're under investigation for cheating. And it's active investigation, so much so that they uh, that they put the coach out. And here's the other thing, Adam, and this is probably just me with some sour grapes. They didn't beat the field that had the best four teams in it. Because the team that was undefeated and won the power, a Power 5 conference was left out. So this, to me, Michigan will always have an asterisk next to it in my mind. Yeah, I think that's fair, Paul. I think the thing I respect about, about uh, especially talking in ton- context of Penn State, I mentioned this with Seth Engel on our uh, Penn State podcast earlier in the week. I respect that Michigan knows what time it is in college football. And that this is a lawless time that there's no one to enforce the rules. They decided they were going to take the throne and they did it. Uh, and they're not apologizing for it. I mean, you look at the the, the various Michigan men on, on Twitter, one of them, our own Mike Persak, uh, I mentioned, um, unapologetic about this. And, and I think it, this should be a wake-up call to a lot of other programs that, that kind of clutch their pearls about how this, this sport is supposed to work. Um, there, there are no rules. And, and I think programs like, the, like Penn State that like to pretend that there are rules are going to do so at their peril if the goal is to win a national championship. And I think as you've talked about on, on this podcast, maybe Penn state doesn't care about that. Maybe Penn state just wants to win, you know, somewhat the right way and, and get 110,000 people in there and, and make money. And, and maybe that's what they're content with. But 
if if Penn State's going to win a national title, I think you have to look at what Michigan did here and say, you know, maybe we've got to rethink how badly we want this in the next handful of years. Um, Paul, speaking of Penn State, they picked up a couple of in-state guys um, who went to other programs initially. Julian Fleming went to Ohio State, now coming back to Happy Valley. Um, Nolan Rucci was a former number one prospect in Pennsylvania on the offensive line. He comes back from Wisconsin. Um, are, are those the pickup ty- type of pick the pickups that make you rethink Penn State at all for next year? Well, again, I think honestly, I, I think Penn State is fine. Uh, Adam, unfortunately, it's going to come down to Drew Lore, isn't it? I mean, would you agree with me? Those are the yeah, but I think that- those, don't those two pieces help him a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Going and getting in receivers is, you know, a big part of it. But he's still got to make throws, and he got to make throws under pressure. I mean, I think one of the things that we've talked about with Penn State is they need playmakers, and I think it's good that they got a few of those guys. But but, but I honestly don't believe that recruiting, um, you know, that, that I, I mean, I honestly believe that Penn State is, is they're going to have good players. It's now up to Drew Alar. Can he get the next step? You know, basically what you're saying with some of these guys they just signed, it basically is he doesn't have any excuses, right? He can't talk about not having enough players around him. But at the end of the day, he's still got to make those under under pressure. He's still got to make the right reads. He's still got to do the things you do. And here's the thing. He's through an entire season. He's seen now an entire season of playing quarterback at, at that level. So, you know, truthfully, you'd think that maybe he will come back and he'll be a much better player because he's more experienced and and, and he doesn't have to start back at square one, you know, on the learning process. But frankly, their defense is going to be really good. It's going to come down to can they, in their passing game, make enough plays to win those games that they've been losing against the best teams on their schedule. Paul, uh, Pitt goes into the transfer portal again for a quarterback. Last couple of years it's been Keaton Slowis, Phil Dracovic. That Those guys did very varying levels of, of not working out at that position for this program. Um, what are the odds Eli Holstein is is the guy that they go and, and get in the portal and, and he sticks for them on some level? I'm not saying he's going to come in and be <laughs> any picket, but but you know that we're sitting here at the end of next year and said Pitt made the right call at quarterback with what was available. Um. Let me just say that. Can I just say this, Adam? And this will probably get me in some hot water, but I don't care. Eli Holstein goes into the transfer portal, what was it, three or four days after Alabama loses? And within a day or two, he's on Pitt's campus doing an official visit or something. Um, I had heard Eli Holstein's name Six weeks ago, five, six weeks ago, from various people saying that, you know, Pitt was already making overtures to him and this and that and everything, to which I said, it's amazing. He's not in the transfer portal. How can they be doing this? And my only point is, I don't ever want to hear coaches of any team, any team in the country, whining about legalized cheating, tampering, and all the other stuff. Remember all the stuff about Jordan Addison and USC? And all that, how is this any different? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My thing is I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of hearing coaches that want to complain about tampering and all this other stuff when they're all doing the same thing. And they can all say, well, that's not me. That's, a, you know, my collective. That's the, you know, alums. That's the, you know, NIL agents. I have none. I don't even know what they're doing. I, I you know, that's all they, they're all doing the same thing. Okay. 
This guy gets into the transfer portal. He's a guy who has never played at Alabama, right? I don't think he played. I think he was redshirted, right? Well, maybe he played very minimally. But how in the world did Pitt figure out this guy was going to be a transfer portal guy? You know what I'm saying? And they jump right on it immediately if there wasn't some backdoor stuff going on before he was in the transfer portal. And the only reason I bring that up again is because I'm so tired of hearing these coaches that throw these things out there about, well, you know, I mean, we, I mean, we, there were some teams that came after our tight end or, you know, there were some teams and I won't name them. They came after our quarterback. Okay. You're all doing the same thing. So stop. Now, about this kid, Adam, uh, Nate Peterman worked out. I mean, he was pretty good as a transfer quarterback, right? Nate Peterman, obviously, he's been an interesting NFL guy. But the fact that he's bounced around the NFL for five, six, seven years, he actually, it worked out for Pitt, right? Um, Kenny Pickett was homegrown. You know, he was a guy that was there for four or five years. Um, You know, the kid from Max Brown, that didn't work out. Keaton Slovis, yeah, Keaton Slovis, that didn't work out. What was the kid from uh, Arizona State? Who was that? They had, they had another kid, uh, Yo Yellen or Yoen or something like that. That didn't work out. Um, obviously, uh, my man from uh, Pine Richland didn't work out. Then we've got Christian uh, 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 Bayer, who you know, last week, year at this time, we were being told how, you know, they didn't use them right and all this other stuff. And, and, and that didn't work out. So there's a good chance it could work out, and this kid could be really good. But track record suggests that it's really difficult at times to take a kid from another system, especially a kid who hasn't played hardly at all, and plug them in and it work. I mean, there's examples of it, obviously, but most of the guys that I would tell you that are the examples are the guys that are really high-level players, right? Every so often, but, but even like a kid like Penix. I mean, it's a six-year football, but he was a pretty good quarterback at Indiana. It's not like he wasn't bad. He wasn't a good quarterback at Indiana. So he had all injuries and stuff. So to me, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, I think maybe it worked out. It will work out, but the track record suggests – <laughs> that it's more likely than not that four or five games into the season, people are going to be saying, send this kid back to Alabama. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and, and how Pitt, you know, just, just seems not to be able to quit this and, and say, um, you know, we want to go with, we want to go with our guys and, and see what we got with them um, for a year after, you know, knowing what Kenny Pickett did as a homegrown guy and knowing the results we've gotten from the transfer portal. We'll see. Uh, Paul, once again, I think we're going to have to spike the Pirates topics because we've <laughs> gone over the 40-minute mark. Uh, one of these weeks, you and I are going to get to chew the fat. I, I guess quickly, any reaction to Travis Williams saying that they spend, they put all of their money back into the products because that really galled me for them to say that they put all the money back into the product. And then we just don't know how. They treat they treat player development, Paul, like it is this black box. See, I couldn't, <laughs> resist. I couldn't resist this topic. They treat player development like it is this black box that they can put any unknown amount of money into, but it's all of the money that they make goes into player development. And then on the other end, we get Ronzi Contreras and Luis Ortiz, and we get 18 second basemen that can't play. <laughs> and, and that's what that that's what all this this you know dark money that they like to talk about in these like forums every year. That's where it ends up. Does this does any of that add up to you? Remember, I remember. I'm, I remember when uh, Bob Nutting was talking about how we're going to reallocate. Think about reallocating dollars 
uh, from the Dominican school or something like that. One of those, one of those type, like you're talking about, one of those development. I mean, because let's face it, it's all the same stuff. Uh, and they're going to maybe think about putting it into the payroll. But at the end of the day, it, they're never going to do that because if they put it into payroll, we can see it all. It's much easier for them to just kind of throw out, like you said, these mystery numbers of how much money they're spending on development and this and that. And, you know, we're doing it. And it doesn't add up. It never adds up. And, 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 and to your point, if they're spending that much money on development, why are they so bad at developing players? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable that they think they can sell that to, 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 <laughs> well, to at this stage. I mean, you're, this is the year you're supposed to be ready to compete and, and you're supposed to have proven guys that from your system that you have brought up. And listen, there's plenty of examples of, of guys like O'Neill Cruz that you can still have hope in. I'm not telling people not to believe in, in some of these guys. And, and I just think that they've had a lot more losses than wins in, in high profile situations. And part of that is the nature of player development. Like, you know, most guys wash out when you have a, you know, how, how many, however many tier system and, you know, most guys are not going to make it to the big leagues and they're certainly not going to contribute in the big leagues. But listen, the guys that you've put told people to hope in, a lot more of them have not panned out than have. And so for them to say, oh, yeah, just trust us, we're putting it into player development. To me, Paul, money's supposed to buy good players. And if you can't prove to people that you've bought, bought good players on the development side, you have to go buy them on the free agent side. And right. that doesn't mean you got to go get the, the Shohei Otani or go dole out 200 $300 million contracts, but it does mean that you go buy proven players with that money for people to believe that you're trying. Absolutely. Especially in year five of this thing, right? Especially in year five of this thing. This uh, It's not like this is year one or two now where we, well, we've got to put money here because we, you know, we, we've got, we, there are academies and we need instructors and we need this because we've got a lot of young players and all this other stuff. Last year, you sold us on the fact that, hey, down the stretch, we went, what was it, 53 and 51 or whatever it was down the stretch. We're, we're we know, that, 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 that we're going to get O'Neill Cruz back and, you know, we're going to uh, get O'Neill Cruz back. We're going to add a pitcher or two and, boy, we'll be on our way. Okay. Well, guess what? Be on your way now. Stop talking about it and stop telling us this nonsense about how, well, we're, we're allocating dollars for, Dominican academies, and we're allocating dollars for development of uh, and for all this other stuff. Uh, it's very frustrating. It really is, Adam, because at the end of the day, it's time to take all of the money that we don't know where it's actually going and start putting it into the payroll. It does, and yeah, you can't tell me, Paul, to to care about what happens five years from now. We've we've already lived the last five years of nothing right. of nothing, right. Paul. I don't care what happens five years from now. I don't at this point at all. And I also don't I like, I also, don't, here's the other thing I, I don't understand either is, um, it, you know, why are we supposed to wait five more years? Like, if you didn't get it done these first five years, right, and, and, and or it, you're going to continue to do the same things, you're going to continue to lose your most expensive players and replace them with younger guys, which, as we've seen, younger guys are hit or miss. So, Five years from now, it's not going to be any different if, unless you start to do things a little bit differently. Right. And you know what? It's okay to say it's time to win and we're still going to do good work on the development front. But but pretending like that's got to be the only thing that we talk about whenever it comes to acquiring players is insanity. So, Paul, thanks for indulging me there. I did need to get that off yeah. my chest. 
<laughs> no, it's wonderful. I, I agree with you 100%. It's wonderful. But, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, you, you couldn't have said any better. Yeah, before those comments just you know went off into the ether, I felt like we had to address them. Uh, but, Paul, thanks for stopping by. Um, just want to thank one or more of our sponsors before we sign off here. Pitt Johnstown, it's a Pitt quality education with up-close and in-person learning. Top-ranked Northeast Public College by U.S. News & World Report. Generous scholarships and financial aid are available, located on 60, 655 pic, picturesque acres, easy access to the city center, shopping, dining, vibrant campus life with an active D2 athlete community. Check out Pitt Johnstown. Thanks to them for sponsoring the show, hopping on beginning this week. Um, Paul, thank you for stopping by. And if, if you enjoyed the show, everyone, please pop a like. Help us out in the YouTube algorithm. Please subscribe. Christopher Carter with the North Shore Drive will be back on Friday talking a lot more Steelers Bills. And Paul and I will be back here on Sunday afternoon breaking down Steelers Bills. Paul, uh, yeah, Paul, looking forward to that. All right, Mama. Have a good day. We will talk to you all again soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.